Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to your virtual hedge fund experience. I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is Armor Investing, and today we're going to tackle the question I get often, which is if I have $100,000, how should I invest it? Okay, so we're going to dive into that. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper. I'm going to share with you some stocks that we are trading and investing in off of our desk this week, and it's going to apply I'm going to show you how it applies to the three things you should never do when you start investing $100,000, a million dollars. I don't care what the number is. This is going to apply. These are three things you should never do when you start investing $100,000. Okay? So you're saying to me, Brett, I got $100,000. I want to turn it into a million. How do I do it? I'm going to give you these three things to launch your career as a successful investor, okay? And before I'm done, you're going to have a couple of ideas for your research whiteboard. So make sure you got that pen and piece of paper there ready to go. All right. First thing I want to say to you is this. You need to be the smart money, okay? So three things you should never do when investing $100,000. Number one, stop listening to other people. I know it sounds crazy because you're listening to me, okay? But I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to be honest with you here. If you don't take responsibility for your own success and your own failure, you're never going to get anywhere. So what I'm really saying is, does it matter to me when the smart money people out there are saying different things on CNBC? And the answer is it means nothing to me. Look, we can debate the merits, you know, of Warren Buffett all you want, okay? But when a billionaire tells me how to invest, tells you how to invest, it doesn't really help, right? If I had a billion dollars already and I lose a half a billion, half a million, if I lose a hundred thousand, what difference does it make? Because I got a long-term time horizon. So I can put my money. I'm a multi-billionaire. Right? I can lose $500 million over a 12-month period because I have a long-term time horizon. I don't need the money. Ten years from now, I make a fortune on that. Does that make me a great investor or does that mean that I have really deep pockets? So that may really work for a billionaire. But you and I live in the real world, and you're asking me, how do I run $100,000? And what I'm saying to you is, take responsibility for your own decisions. Don't go off on a tangent following somebody else who is living off of past successes and telling you how to do it, okay? So rule number one, you got $100,000, you want to invest it in the stock market. What should you not do? You should not listen to Jim Cramer. You should not listen to anybody. That's no offense to Jim. It's anybody. You have to figure out what your risk tolerance is and then the goals you're going after and then build a strategy around that. Take responsibility for your success and your failure, and that's what makes you better. If you spend a second 
blaming somebody else, you're further away from your goal of being a successful investor. You get to reap the accolades when you're right, and you have to be honest with yourself, look in the mirror, and admit when you're wrong. And if you can do that, you've passed the first test of taking $100,000 in the stock market and turning it into a million. Okay? The next thing I want you to see right down here, okay, is diversification is your enemy. <laughs> now, I know at university they tell you otherwise. I know all the people who talk to you tell you, buy a lot of different stocks, diversify, buy some bonds, buy some stocks, do this, that, and the other thing. You take $100,000 and you buy 50 different stocks, you may as well just buy the S&P index and forget it. Over-diversification is simply taking you down the road to mediocrity. We're going to wave to you on a long walk back to the middle. That is not a way to protect capital. That's a way to hide from the rigors of making the right decisions and the wrong decisions. So do not over-diversify. If I had $100,000 right now to invest, <coughs> and this is just a guide, so don't forget rule number one, right? When investing $100,000 or a million dollars or anything, when you're taking the responsibility, you be the smart money, you figure out what works for you. But if you're asking me what would I do with 100000 100, there's no way I'd buy more than 10 stocks. Maybe I'd buy only five. Some of the greatest investors of all time, what do they do? They capture, they do the homework, they do the research, they capture the move correctly. They have large concentration and it goes to the moon. So don't over-diversify. What I like to say is it's very hard to find 20 or 30 great ideas in a, in a bull market, much less the market we're in now. If you could find five great ideas in a 12-month period, you're a winner. You're not trying to find a lot of ideas. You're trying to do the right work and the right research on a handful of winners. Capture them and leverage that success. <clears throat> That's what you want to do. Okay? So rule number two. Do not over-diversify the portfolio when you're trying to invest $100,000, okay? And rule number three, and this is incredibly important, and it dovetails with rule number two, do not ever find yourself in the hold-on-for-dear-life camp. If we're not going to diversify too much, right, because we're diversifying ourselves right out of success. There's no way you're going to find 50 great names, 20 great names, right? So you're going to focus on the best. You're going to keep doing your research. I'm going to take you now to our whiteboard and share with you a couple of ideas. So grab a pen and a piece of paper. You can write some of these down, do your own research. But as I take you down that path, please recognize that I will never be a holder of any of these names, you must use risk management rules to protect. 
Now, when I say this is a virtual hedge fund experience, what we're doing here, I've ran hedge funds for a decade, managed money for over 30 years. So what I'm doing at the Armour Investing way, the Armour Investing School of Investing, if you will, what we're doing every day on our live trading desk is we have Armour Insiders join us and we focus on the four pillars of investing. What's the macro dominant theme? What stocks benefit from those themes, which is fundamental research? Okay, we gather information, share it with our trading desk. We use algorithms to execute. But here's the key. We use stop losses and risk management rules to protect us. So if you're not going to be overly diversified, because that doesn't work, and you're going to focus on a handful of names, and you're going to do the research and be the smart money on your own, if you don't execute risk management rules, you'll get buried. Rule number three of what never to do is to put $100,000 to work and ride it down to $50,000 because you're sure you're right. These are great ideas. The market's telling you they're not great ideas or it's not the right time for these great ideas. So use risk management rules. And so now what I'll just do is wrap up with some thoughts for you. You could grab a pen and piece of paper again, write these down if you want, do your own research. And I'm going to show you where we would put the stops in. So the armor investing way, where do we put our stops in on great ideas? So we figure out what the macro story is. In fact, at 1130, <coughs> we're going to break and armor insiders are going to join me for a macro meeting. We do it at the beginning of every month. So we get a Zoom meeting going with all of our subscribers all around the world. We sit down, we chat about what, what is the macro theme that's driving the market, and then how do we want to build from there. Here's a bonus idea. I've given you three things not to do when investing $100,000. Stop listening to other people. Make your own decisions. Don't over-diversify the portfolio, right? And never be a holder, So, which means always use risk management rules. Here's something you can do to help you with all that. Build a whiteboard of ideas that you're researching before investing. I can't tell you how many times you'll come across ideas. You're reading Investor's Business Daily or however you find your investment ideas. You get so excited, you throw them right into your portfolio. Eh, wrong, wrong. If you're trying to invest $100,000, you want to turn it into a million dollars. The first thing you have to stop doing, or maybe this is the fourth thing, <laughs> right, is stop using your portfolio as a trash can. The only thing that should make it into the portfolio are your best ideas. Take your, all your ideas, put them on a whiteboard, then do your research, then execute using algorithms, and then use stop losses. So here's a couple of ideas for you. And um, this is right off our desk. And what I wanted to do is just show you these are stocks we may already own. We may own in the near future. <clears throat> but we've done the research. We like the companies. So they're on our whiteboard. They're on what we call the top shelf of our whiteboard or Armor Power Play Investments. These are names that we think dominate a space, have a moat around the business. The macro story is driving capital in this direction, right? So they're at the top of our whiteboard and they're power play names. Now, sometimes power play names aren't ready 
there's a bunch of names on the list, and we're not buying them now. The ones that are top shelf, where capital is going. So I'm going to share with you these names. You can write them down. Do your own research. And what I want to do is share with you where we would put the stops. Because no matter how much we love an idea, we got to protect capital. All right? So the first thing I want to show you is Pacific Biosciences. Okay? <clears throat> Pack Bio. Pacific Biosciences. Now, in order for you to really grasp the fundamental picture here, I don't have the time on this call to go over the fundamentals of Pacific Biosciences. But suffice it to say, I have been investing in gene, the, the evolution of gene therapy and, and gene research and the mapping of the human genome since late 1990s, early 2000s. In fact, one of the greatest investments of my life has been a company called Illumina. On a split-adjusted basis, bought that stock in May of 2003, around $1.50. And the stock hit 500 a couple of years ago. In fact, I still have some investors that own the stock. I would say we sold most of that out around 400 It went to, up from $1.50. Nobody had heard of the company when we were buying it. It ends up in the NASDAQ 100. That's how you create wealth. You want to take 100000 and turn it into a million, you find ideas like that. <clears throat> it's my opinion, do your own research, The Pacific Biosciences is about to go on that type of a trajectory. It's the next evolution in that technology. Now, that sounds great. But let me tell you something. Illumina, on the way from $1.50 to $500, had multiple 50% corrections. I didn't live through them all. I've traded them as it's progressed. Okay? So, I want to share with you where my stop would be. I think this is a great idea. I think the earnings announcement, which we listened to on the conference call. So, let's just put this all together real quick. Looking at the four pillars of investing. The macro story <clears throat> is that we're at peak interest rates, if you ask me, somewhere around peak interest rates. That means capital flows into high growth stocks at this stage. NASDAQ 100 leading the market, PacBio and biotechs in general are starting to break out. So we do the research on this company on our desk. If you join us on the desk, we're listening to the conference calls. I'm walking you through what I'm hearing. I've been doing that, like I said, for three decades. So I'm sh pulling out information that makes money and sharing it with Armour Insiders. We liked what we heard on that call. We've liked what we heard in the last four calls. We've been doing the research on this company for a while. So we're on the stock right now. But let me show you where the stop would be. I don't care how much I love the idea, and I don't care about my memories of Illumina going from $1.50 to 500 I know there are many stops along the way from 150 to 500 and I have to protect capital. So for me, that red dash right there is where I'm out. If PacBio blows out in here and we have the right market environment, I am going to be on what I think is a major wealth-creating idea. And I'm going to use that stop right here. If it comes back down, takes me out, guess what? I go back to cash. I reassess. 
I try it again. That's the process of investing. And when you get it right and it takes off, you ride it for all it's worth. I can't find 20 ideas like PacBio. If I'm lucky, I'm going to find five or 10 over a 12-month period. And I got to be on them in size. That's how you increase net worth 100,000 to a million in the right market. You need the right market, the right idea, the right allocation, and the right stops. Okay? Let me rip through a couple other ideas. On holdings, totally different idea, retail idea, a two-tiered stop system I'm going to use here. Okay, we're on on holdings from this earnings announcement here. We've traded it a couple times. I'm on it again. I would cut half my position down if it takes out the low of Friday. I'd cut the rest of the position out if it takes out the 25-day moving average. Right now, it's walking up the 14-day. This is the 25-day. This is the 50. This is the 200. I use these four moving averages as stops. Depending on how aggressive the stock is moving, I use higher or lower moving averages. And I'm just going to round up. My time is up, and I've got a split. But I'm going to round out for you guys. Write it down. Do some research. The gene editing stocks are starting to move off of huge bottoms. CRISPR, NTLA, Intella, Beam. And I'm just going to lay this out for you. Take a look at biotech as an ETF. XBI, do some research. <clears throat> and again, I, I think biotech is a big mover based on the macro um, philosophy that we're at peak interest rates. Technology, biotech, these are the things that outperform if the macro theme is right. We'll use stop losses. You can see where my red line is. That would be the stop on XBI. Right down here below the 50-day moving average. So long as it stays above, we want to ride it. So there's a couple ideas for you. What I suggest you do is follow the three steps to investing $100,000 on your own. Do your own research. Take responsibility for yourself. Be the smart money. That's what you've got to do. Don't over-diversify. Focus on your winners and make sure you've got the right allocation to maximize that success. And always, always use risk management rules to protect yourself. Those are my thoughts this weekend. I hope you guys found it helpful. I look forward to seeing you all um, next weekend. And if you'd care to join me on the desk, feel free to subscribe. You can find us at armorinvesting.com right down there, armorinvesting.com. Right now I'm going to run to our macro meeting, Armor Insiders that are watching. I'll see you in the Zoom meeting at 1130. And we can flesh out these thoughts in more detail. Oh, I got some questions. What do we got today? Question before I split. Deb, hey, Deb, how you doing? Nice to see you. It's been a while. Um, all right, do you, think, do you think the safe banking bill will, okay, so <clears throat> we'll talk about MSOS for a second and then I'll go. Deb asked the question about um, safe banking uh, and, and do I think it will be another fail? So let me, let me share. So here's, Here's my philosophy. There's um, MSOS, okay, Deb. So first of all, let me say this, Deb. You and I have been 
chatting together for a few years now. You know, I'm a huge fan of cannabis. I, I, um, full disclosure, I bought some MSOS below six. I just couldn't help it. Okay. So I own some below six. I'm concerned, Deb, that the U.S. cannabis business has missed the window for making investing easy. The safe banking bill, so you're asking me, do I think it'll fail again? I'm going to go out on a limb here, Deb, and say, I'm not even sure I care about it. I don't even care about it. That safe banking bill will do nothing to change the dynamics of the industry. It will do things for politicians. They'll be able to pretend they've done something for the cannabis industry. But in reality, I don't know about you, Deb, but I'm in Florida. I can go to True Leave right now. I can go to any of the dispensaries. I can buy cannabis and use a debit card. I mean, we needed the safe banking bill years ago. Those aren't the real issues for cannabis. And then I listen to and read about, for instance, the green, the green Thumb Earnings announcement last week. I mean, we're not looking at an industry that's going through a dynamic growth spurt. I mean, it's almost like the exact opposite dip. So it's, to me, to wrap up this thought, it's like safe banking at this point is too little too late. I own some MSOS anyway under six. The game changer for me is Schedule S3. That's the game changer. And I really bought some under six because I thought, you know, safe banking, maybe it gets passed, maybe it doesn't. Let's pretend it does, Deb. Okay, stock will probably go up. Some people will probably sell on the news because it doesn't really change the dynamics of an industry that's kind of in trouble. Right, the illegal market is crushing the legal market. The taxes are—I cr- mean, it's ridiculous. What we really need to make this, to me, an investable opportunity where I would want to have a lot of capital, is to reschedule it. It just can't be S one, and so I have some capital to work under six. For the day that I wake up and Merrick Garland has woken up and has decided to to, to recommend schedule S three. And then we get an influx of capital into the space. It's no longer registered like, you know, heroin and crack and all these other things. You know, pharmaceutical companies get into the business. Maybe they take over some U.S. MSOs. They start working with different strange strains to prove efficacy. That's the real juggernaut. And for a really conservative investor, I don't think you have to own MSOS right now because the day they announce Schedule S3, I don't care if, if the stock, these stocks go up 100% that day. That's the day to buy them. <coughs> I mean, the minute the news hits the tape. <coughs> Excuse me. So <clears throat> I own a piece to make it easier for me to own a lot <clears throat> the day that news comes out. And that's my thought on cannabis. I love cannabis. I own a little bit. But safe banking to me is meaningless. That's my, that's my take on the situation at this point. Okay, there are so many other problems. Just listen to the green thumb earnings call where, you know, revenue, earnings, things got other problems. That's my thought, Deb. All right, guys, I got to get out of here.
It was a pleasure chatting with you as always. I'll see you next week. Armor Insiders, I'll see you in, I guess, six minutes um, for the Zoom um, a macro meeting for the, for the month. Take care, everybody. Thank you again for spending time with me today. Um, and I will leave you with this thought. Be the smart money. You can do it. You've got it in you. Start believing in yourself. Network will follow.